Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and my guest is the actor and stand-up Yvonne Orji. She's best known for playing Molly Carter on the series Insecure, and her performance was nominated for an Emmy Award in 2020. Yvonne is also a stand-up comic and has a new HBO special titled Yvonne Orji, A Whole Me. It's a mix of stand-up and comic vignettes and is a follow-up to her 2020 comedy special, Mama, I Made It. Let's listen to part of the trailer for Yvonne Orji, A Whole Me. This is my second HBO special. We out here, baby! Get it, get it. I got the bag, I'm running with it. Swerving with it, hit the curb like it's running. We realized, too, we do not miss the pandemic. We had so much time, we finished TV. And still, with all the time we had left, whenever that one number would call, we look at the phone like, I ain't got time for this. Get it, get it. I got the bag, I'm running with it. Swerving with it, hit the curb like it's running. Standards and You're facing the following charges being consistently picky and having unreasonable standards. My standards are not unreasonable. Knowing to hold you at night, rub shea butter on the middle of your back. My eggs are frozen solid. I got time. Time from where? I will throw out your frozen eggs and I will make a grand slam. Okay, today is Friday, September 30th, and tomorrow is Saturday, October 1st. And your new, your second HBO comedy special comes out. What are you feeling? What's going through your mind? I'm, I'm excited and I do feel nerves. I think any creative, when you bird something, there's a little bit of nerves. Like, all right, I, I, there's no going back now. It's out in the world. It's out for the judgment. It's, it's, it's out for the laughter. It's out for the conversations and the think pieces. It's just out. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, hopefully see that people saw um, and received what I was trying to put out. Do you have like, like any plans for like a watch party? You're seeing with friends or family or anything like that? Um, well, I, I'm actually having a, a premiere event. It's an event that I've done. Um, I've pre-COVID kind of took us out for two years, but it's called the Night of Nigerian Excellence. And it brings Nigerians across multiple different um, uh, professions together. And it's just like a, it's like a big uplifting community celebration, not only to celebrate our accomplishments, but for us to meet each other. So it's like, it's not like, oh, the Nigerian that I see on this show or the Nigerian that helped, you know, me get my house. It's like, we're all in the same space. We can all network and we can all continue to build our network together. So that's kind of going to be my premiere event. So excited for that. And are you nervous at all? Because that is like, uh, I would imagine, even though, there are so many prestigious professions that Nigerians have that culturally there's some differences. It's humor. So are there certain jokes you think that might land better or are they more boisterous uh, laughter for as a crowd and things like that? Um, you know, I, I think that it may, some things may resonate with the community and some things may be head scratches. You know, when I talk about, you know, having a different relationship with being, uh, Nigerian and like un learning to undo some things that actually like helped us be great 
it's like that may be like, huh, how do you do that? And it's like, I, I, I think I'm trying to figure it out, too. Um, so <laughs> so it's just it, that may be the, those are the kind of things that cause uh, some folks in the community to be like, all right, noted. Might need to research this a little bit more because that's what Nigerians do. We research how to like how to do less. How do I do less? <laughs> just do less. Uh, but it seems like you're doing so much though because again this is your second hbo comedy special i think most people would i mean i know growing up hbo comedy specials were like the golden ticket i mean there are a lot of networks and streaming services that have them now but still there's a prestige to that so to have a second one seems pretty cool but how was it going through the process of not only coming up with your act and uh, sketches but also just recording a second special after having done the first one yeah, no, it is uh, It is very much still the golden ticket. It's funny, Little Rel and I, uh, my co-star on Vacation Friends, we talk about it because he has a HBO special too. And we're just like, yo, we got two of them. Like, you know, it's, it's still a big deal for us because like, yeah, we grew up watching the likes of Chris Rock. And you're like, oh my God, bigger and blacker. What the heck? You know, like that, that was appointment television for us. And so to be... Um, able to do it not once but twice it's a big deal for me um and so the process the process was interesting because at first I thought I was just doing like a sketch like an African sketch show in my mind I was like I don't know that I had anything else to say and so when I pitched uh the opportunity to the HBO it's more kind of like African and living color and, and they were like oh, okay <laughs> Because <laughs> I was like, you know, the, the Afrobeat dancers, my, my fly girls, like it was, I saw it, I saw a whole thing, um, you know, and they were like, cool, 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 cool. And so as we we're going through the process, they were like, yeah, so like, but, but like your hour though, like, where is your stand up? And I was like, wait, wait, y'all still want that? That's, <laughs> that's so interesting that y'all still want that. That's wild. And so I had to like pivot a little bit because I was like, okay, well, now we're not just we're not we're not doing sketches because now I have to figure out what I want to say. And so once I figured out like what I wanted to say with the themes were um, because for me, if I'm going to do a stand up, I want it to mean something. I, I want it to be actually special. And so based on the themes, I was like, well, yeah, these sketches, they're not going to be traditional sketches because they're, you know, sketch follows certain rules. So some of the vignettes um, like are a little bit more. I don't say somber, but they're a little bit more introspective. And then the other ones are a little bit more zany. And the other, you know, so it's just there, they had to be a through line that connected now the stand-up to the vignettes. And so that kind of required a little bit more retooling, reworking to make it fit and flow seamlessly. Oh, I love this. I love when people talk about retooling and reworking because I feel like it's one thing to come up with a joke or an idea, and it's another thing to really tweak it and adjust it and and and, and refine it to a bit. Um, I'm curious about your process. Are you a like sit down and write an idea out kind of person? At least in terms of your standup, are you? A, I'll go up on stage and see what flows. I have a loose idea. How does how do you form your standup? I wrote this special in one weekend. One weekend, that's in impressive. One, <laughs> in, in one weekend, I mean, and you know, I refined it while on tour, but uh, I remember watching Nathaniel, um, Gerard Carmichael's special and being like, honest mm. to God, like that is, that's, that's what art is supposed to do. It's supposed to move. It's supposed to be a medium to just exercise all the feelings. Like I just was like, so empowered after watching him. And I, I remember being challenged too, like, yo, 
I'm not saying anything just for the sake of saying anything. If I don't have anything to say, then we can table this until I do. And then I, I had one phone call with a friend and I was like, yo, what, what, what did we talk about all pandemic? The last two years, what, what did we talk about? And then, cause you know, sometimes you just need someone to help jog your memory. And they were like, and then, you know, you told me about this. And then I was like, bet. So I got on the phone. I do everything on my notes app, like on just on notes on my iPhone. So I'm like narrating like conversations, themes. And then I go to the shower and I'm like, okay, that could be a fun joke. Okay. But how do I connect this to that joke? Okay. So what's the through line here? Boom, boom, boom. And like, it was a thing, like I really didn't have a hobby in the pandemic. It was really bothering me. I was like, everybody else is doing stuff. And then then I think once, once I said it to somebody else, somebody else was like, I know I have one either. So it's like, you have that connected tissue. And I'm like, so I wasn't the only one. So then you're like, it's a gamble. You're like, maybe everybody else was had hobbies, but what about the few of us that did it? Let me talk to them for a second. And then I went on tour and it's like, Oh, a whole bunch of us didn't have hobbies. Like, Y'all feel my pain, you know. So it's just like, and also your hobby was coloring. What the heck? How old are you? You know. And it's just like I'm, I'm sad about it because there is a liberty and a freeness and a, like a return to your childhood with coloring. But I'm actually hating on all the people who like discovered that free time to just be with themselves. So I'm just I'm hating on y'all. I'm like, oh, so y'all was out here coloring with your big age. So it's like I'm I'm acting like I'm mad at them, but I'm actually mad at myself that I didn't I didn't do that. So it, it's the, it's the, uh, for me, finding what was specific and authentic to myself, but then also very receptive to other people who were actually going through their own process. Um, I remember when we did, I think it was the final stop of my tour. I was in Philly and I got to the part about estate planning <laughs> and it was dark <laughs> and there was this like, like. I had to be maybe like 35 to 45 year old black man in a corner. And I was like, man, you guys got to have a will. And out of nowhere, he goes, talk your talk, Yvonne. And I was like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, and he was just like, nah, tell him it's real. And I said, oh, somebody stuck that man with the flower arrangements. Somebody, you know, like, and it, I wasn't laughing, like we weren't laughing at him, but it was just like, you could tell it was so earnest. Like he had just lost somebody. And they didn't they didn't plan accordingly and this man is like not only grieving the laws but like grieving the time he spent trying to figure things out and all the family issues that come with that so i'm thinking i'm about to go into a joke and he's like no come on tell him it's real out here and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> like i wanted to hug him but you know like again that's what that's what the power we have as comics with a mic on stage is like we make people feel, but we can also bring people together. We can also laugh at ourselves. We can also like, you'll have a moment of like heart to heart. Um, I, I want to ask about the title though, A Whole Me. What does that, what's the significance of that title? So it's a callback to the first special. So the first special, um, that was the, that was a tagline that really stuck in the minds of a lot of people because in America, that's not a thing that, people commonly say whereas in Nigeria oh my god if you disrespect somebody they're and especially don't let them be older it's like are you talking to me (laughs) me. like it's like they can't believe the gall with which you have just just tried to dismantle their souls right and so that was the funny part so America's like oh my god I need to I need to incorporate this in my lingo like me a whole me and so with the second special 
I kind of, you know, it's a double entendre. I, I, I brought it because one, I knew it was a callback. And two, it's that I really did become a whole me in the pandemic. And with all the time I had to reflect, I became a better version of the me that I was. And so that's why um, I was like, you know, not only will people remember this, but it also takes on a new meaning for me in this season of my life. And do you find performing stand-up therapeutic at all? Um, I, you know, I, if I'm being honest, I find it nerve-wracking. Really? <laughs> I, find it, I find it nerve-wracking. It doesn't matter how many times it's there. It's so interesting. Like, there's some shows where I'll be like, this is it. Oh, my God. I'm ready to go. Like, just give me the mic. And then there are other shows I'm like, why? I need a Red Bull. I can't. I just, I'm so nervous. Huh? Okay. You know, it worked last night, but something about tonight, I'm like, I don't know if it'll work. It's, 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 it keeps me on my toes. Um, and so I, I don't think I've gotten to the point where it's therapeutic yet, <laughs> where I can just chill and just like flow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some, some nights I can, some nights I can. And I think those, that's what, that's what makes me keep striving to do my best because I, I can't just phone it in. I'm not there yet when I can just phone it in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the name of this podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. What's your current obsession? Oh, I am so obsessed. What am I so obsessed with right now? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I do. Okay, it's a guilty pleasure. And this is all bad. But anytime I tour and I'm in a hotel, I have to watch at least one or two episodes of Forensic Files. It's weird. Don't ask why. <laughs> like, I, I I'm just like, all right, cyanide. Here it is. Here it is. Who did it? It's gotta be, it's gotta be the spouse. You know, like I just <laughs> I, I think I'm fascinated by like how people try to take people out. Like it's just like, but why? Like, why like when did it get that bad? Um, and how did why do you think you get get away with it? I think that's the part that I'm fascinated by. When you have so many shows like CSI, forensic files, you're like, you never get away with it. You never, there's gonna be a blood splatter. That only one UV ray ever made in the world <laughs> catch, and it's like it's going to catch you. Like it's weird. It's so it's weird, but I'm I'm laughing because all my friends we love this kinds of shows too. Um, and you mentioned like a few other comics earlier. I mean, you mentioned Chris Rock and Lorev, but it's like, do you find uh, as trying to find your own voice? Is it easy to disassociate with what other people have done or what your peers are doing and just focus on you? Or do you feel a pressure to like, oh man, Derek Carmichael did this. I, I got it. I got to step up. I got to do something different. Like how, how do you handle that? No, you know what that is? It wasn't like I got to do something like that. What it was, was a registering in my spirit because I'm mm. always like, even with the first special, I'm just like, I was like, hey guys, uh, can we go to my dad's village? And Israel was like, have you ever been to a village? And I said, no, okay, let's go. You know, so it's always me figuring out like what's cool about me that I can really harness, right? Like what's different about me that I, I can tap into. And so it Gerard spoke to me because it was like, yeah, I don't want to just I, I can I can do an hour. I can tell I can I've done it, I can do it. 
but I like, what more can I do? What more can I say with this microphone? What more? And it was just that like push for like, what more? What, yes, it can be meaningful. Yes, it can be funny. Like what, what more? And, and I think that's where, that's where I kind of just stay in my lane because like, I'm not, I'm, I find humor a lot in a lot of the observational things, but then I have this beautiful dual lens with which I can observe things from. I can observe it from being a Nigerian, like estate planning with white parents is probably very different than estate planning with Nigerian parents. <laughs> I can so only imagine. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm going to, I'm going to lean into that, you know, like talking about my brother who, who feels like he's a thug. I was like, never, never a thug. Never. You have a degree. Thugs don't get degrees. It's by nature, you know? And so it's like, I'm, I'm calling it out because everyone knows Nigerians to have like multiple degrees. I'm like, you went to a great college, you know? And so, you know, those are the, the things I can mine in a way where it's like, I can flip it on its head where maybe somebody else saying it is like, uh, okay, so what? Whereas me saying it, it's like, oh, I see the difference. I see where she's coming from. I will say this, a pal of mine, uh, Jakuti Awuji is from Nigeria and he does have multiple degrees. He's a classically trained actor and performed in lots of like Marvel movies and stuff like that. But he's also has a degree in economics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I read that uh, you were in a Miss Nigeria beauty pageant and your talent section was stand up. Do you remember whether it's from that or even before that, the first time you told a joke and it got a laugh? Do you remember that? That was the first, that was the first time I actually like, thought comedy like I didn't know I could be a comic and that pageant was <laughs> the first time ever that I did a structured joke I mean as Nigerians we're always telling stories and so it's like you know like I think black Americans call it like joning whereas like Nigerians were just you know we're just like essentially joning on each other but not calling it that um talking about like I oh, remember when your mom you know did this to you and then everyone starts laughing and you're like ah man I gotta I gotta, I gotta have another story or like, I gotta get back at them. Like, remember when your mom did this to you? And so it's, it's just us telling stories, but never in a way where like set up punchline, you know, like I didn't, I didn't think that I had the power to make people laugh on cue um, until I discovered that I did. And then it was just like, whoa, what is this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you could go back in time and give yourself advice in that moment, what would you say? Girl. Just hurry up and get on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice, actually. <laughs> I'm like, I, I mean, I think I would do the same thing because I, I literally, I was so deathly afraid of forgetting my lines or failing or getting booed by like Africans. It was a, it was an African audience. Africans are the, they're the worst. They're, they don't give you pity claps. They're not like, ah, at least she tried. They're like, who is this person? And why is she doing this? Like, it would just be, it was just been horrible if I didn't do well. Um, and so I, I memorized my set as if it were like a, like a script. So I didn't pause for laughter. <laughs> I, didn't, I was like, I didn't even know I was going to get laughter. Um, but I, I was just like, get off the stage before they realize whether it's good or not. <laughs> that, was, that was my mm -hmm. advice. Um, I, I want to wrap up. We do a thing called pick one. I give you a couple of choices. You pick one. This should go fast. I just have one for you. Uh, <laughs> pick one. Molly in season one of Insecure, Molly in season three of Insecure, or Molly in season five of Insecure? Give me, I mean, uh, you needed all of those Mollies to get to season five of Insecure. It's, I, you know, it's, 
it's kind of like I needed all of my whole life to get to the place I'm now. But Molly season one was fun and 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 jacked up at the same time. Molly in season five, she grown. You know, she's grown. I like grow. I mean, I'm grown, so I like grown Molly. Um, and I also I also think that you know she she the payoff from all the people who hated her in season four is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's, so, I, I, I love the ending of the show. Uh, yeah, that was fabulous. So, <laughs> hey, I want to thank you so much uh, for talking with me. Um, it's been a delight, and I wish you nothing but luck with your special. I can't wait to see it tomorrow. I appreciate you so much for taking the time to talk to me, Patrick. Have a great one. I want to thank Avon for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. Avon Orji Aholmi is now on HBO and streaming on HBO Max. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Daniel Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox Sowell. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. And until next time, take care. <laughs>